This is Konzenshu, the podcast episode 408 for the week of December 24th, 2023. Well, 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 welcome back to Konzenshu, the podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Konzenshi. We cover anything and everything. Let's see, this episode we talked about uh, Daima, Super GT. We hit it all, anything and everything Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Vegito EX. Hey, it's been a hot minute, but we are back at you with a doozy of an episode. I love this stuff. I did a split recording here, so you're going to get two related segments about the same thing, just explain exploring it in as much depth and detail as we possibly can. Hey, remember Dragon Ball Daima? Yeah, that was announced a couple months ago. We haven't really talked about it here on the podcast yet, so that is what we are doing. Joining me for segment number one, you know him, you love him, on loan from We Got a Podcast this time around. It's Ken. He's going to chat about uh, the trailer, the debut trailer of Dragon Ball Daima. We kind of go through frame by frame and talk about what we see there in terms of story, uh, maybe a little bit of lore, uh, scene, uh, geography, placement, like everything that we just see on screen there. We're going to break it all down, let you know what we think about what we see, what we're excited to see. And then joining for the second segment of the episode, also talking about Dragon Ball Daima, more from the actual production side of things, it's AJ. So we're going to go through the announcement of the key staff that we learned about uh, about a month ago through the pages of V-Jump. So we know who the series uh, directors and composition. Nakatsuru is back doing character designs, all that stuff. Going to break all that down, uh, talk about who they are, where they've been, what they're doing, why it's exciting or maybe a little concerning about some of the folks that are here on Daima. And then that's it. Dragon Ball Daima is still a ways off. They're saying fall 2024. So we're going to break down everything that we know right now and then just look ahead to the future. That is the episode on tap for you here. So let's just get right on into it. And I will join you on the flip side to wrap things up. Maybe I, I guess wrap the year up here we go segment number one followed by segment number two followed by the end of the show on loan once again because we got a podcast over here about daima here in what late december 2023 uh can do you have when did the daima trailer go up god when was this all right konzenshu daima that was oh my gosh what like upcoming show was it comic-con it was it was october so it was only about two months ago at this point it feels like a lifetime ago somehow <laughs> uh we have not talked about daima here on konzenju the podcast uh for a couple reasons one i generally like to wait a little bit see if we can either get some kind of extra info about it give ourselves a little time to not kind of like gut react to it uh i don't know that my opinion right now is going to change from when i first saw it but uh, maybe uh but ken yes you are here to talk about daima with me thank you for joining me Yes, always glad to be here. So where were you when the magic was revealed? <laughs> uh, I was at work and watching, trying to watch the live stream. And then, you know, you, we had to click into like some other guy who kept advertising his YouTube channel because that was the only actual way to watch it. And then they put it up 15 minutes. They after did. That. Yeah. I even did the thing where I paid for extra access to the, the long term like archive of the stream just in case they need to go back and reference something. And then the, the instant they started blacking out even like existing trailers for 
what, fucking Legends and Xenoverse shit. Like, oh, no, it's all over. We're getting nothing here. Yeah, total disaster. I, don't, I, I can't even begin to imagine why they did that. Especially because they did just put it up. I guess that's they want to control the best version that people see first and foremost is the highest quality version. So they had it set to go, I guess, which is good. But yeah, I I think Doug summed it up best that like I'll never forgive them for making me watch it through someone else's stream like this. Yeah, just a nightmare. Absolutely. But it'll just become a footnote that no it, one will ever exactly. Uh, that's fortunate, unfortunate for us at the time. Uh, Ken, we're going to talk about the trailer. Uh, I guess this is like a breakdown. <laughs> we're going to go through all the scenes that we. We saw we're going to talk about characters we saw characters we didn't see uh new characters maybe new characters we don't have a whole lot of context for so yeah it's it's been two months since this trailer went up but there's no new information other than confirmation on some of the staff that's working on the show and even in the feature in vjump that revealed the staff it was all kind of existing stuff that we've already seen and there's been nothing new i think we kind of expected that that they were going to announce it and kind of go radio silent for a little bit so there's nothing new for us to talk about other than this trailer there's very little in general that we know about what's coming yeah. with dragon ball we don't know what's happening with daima we don't know what's happening with the super manga we really don't know a whole lot about sparking zero so it's just we know three things are coming and we know nothing about them <laughs> well i i did just get in my uh v jump today so this is december 2023 so this is the february 2024 issue with chapter 100 people have already read it and know that it got to the end of the superhero movie with like maybe a little extra scene confirmation in there. The back of the book says, yeah, there'll be a super chapter next issue. And it's like, okay, I guess there will be, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. And I guess just one little insertion here. Uh, yeah, we were planning on reviewing the superhero arc of the manga, but I, I said like, I can't in good faith say it's done and over and review it. Who knows what's coming? Are we going to get like a, a sequel to the movie for 400 chapters? Who knows? The only thing we can definitively say is that they have finished covering the movie but we don't know if the arc is over unbelievable which is super weird to say all right Ken, the Daima trailer. So we're going to skip over the intro stuff where it's like, here's the past year in the series and all that. Let's just get right into the actual meat and potatoes of Daima itself. Uh, I, I feel like we open up, it sort of looks like a little bit of serpent-esque imagery. I felt it was a little bit of reminiscent of Beerus from Battle of Gods. And we know the backstory with Beerus. Uh, because Julian translated everything in 2013, eternally thankful to him. The original backstory with Beerus is that he was designed to be uh, a lizard that infected the science with evil. That didn't come to be. Toriyama re rewrote it. I, I don't know that it's necessarily snake-like, but it just gives off some kind of slithery vibe to me. What are you getting out of it? I got more of like a beanstalk. Okay, something, okay. Something more plant-like than that. Interesting. Just if I think in my head, like, what's the kind of goofy thing yeah. that this could be named after? A mm. serpent seems a little too on the nose for something that we know Toriyama has had direct influence on. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we don't know what it is. It's just there. <laughs> and then we yeah. kind of move on. We see a, I guess I'll say a short being and then a, a Kaioshin lookalike watching history. Specifically... And I had to go and really look at all of the different redrawn screens. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to pause at least here now. I saw Goku giving the thumbs up after defeating Boo. That seemed to be the latest chronological piece. Okay, okay. And then I really had to hunt to find a tiny screenshot of Goku, what looks like at the tournament, because I, you see those big like pink and green banners that arch over sure. that walkway. Yeah. So that seems to be the time frame that they're looking at which is specifically the kind of era of Bobbity 
And I think yes. Bobbity's going to end up being super important here. Yeah, he shows up a couple times, specifically like close up on him. I mean, the majority of the boo arcs only like two day time span anyway, which right. is <laughs> an interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, let, let's pause on on these two. Uh, we do get another glimpse at them later. This is a standard Toriyama thing where we're introducing two characters. He's talked about this in interviews. He likes to introduce characters as uh, a duo because uh, they can play off of each other. And I think he even explains like they can talk to each other, giving exposition without it feeling like they're giving exposition because they're conversing with each other, which is a very natural way to go about it. But we also get the short one and the tall one. I don't know if it's necessarily tall, but tall in comparison to the short one here. Short with the uh, big lips. And, you know, that's a pretty common Toriyama design element there uh we we do sort of get a look at their face or at least parts of their face i don't think we ever see the face of the kaioshin look alike though so i think we do okay it's later in the trailer and i'll hold this up for you (laughs) okay kind of see i do believe that these eyelashes belong to this character i thought it was weiss I think these eyelashes and there's a little bit of eyeshadow and some like different colored lipstick right here Mm. That I think these eyelashes are a bit more feminine than what we see like on Wii's. Okay, you're right. You're right. actually pausing on it there for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's this new Kaioshin-esque character. Interesting. All right. So we're kind of stuck here a little bit at the beginning of the trailer with them just watching history. So I, that's everything we know is we got these two. They're in this arena. They got multiple screens all over the place that they can see things. Um, there's some like whizzy wigs going around them as well as the screens itself. Uh, they're, they're just observing. And uh, the smaller one holds their hand out in front and mm. like makes a grip almost. The vibe I get from this is that there's some sort of grudge against Bobbity or definitely a relationship there between the small character and, and Bobbity. That's what I read from this trailer. Agreed. So, all right, let's have this conversation now. Is it another evil magician or are we finally getting the Makayoshin? I would love Makayoshin. So if you look at the design of the Kayoshin-esque character, when the camera kind of comes around on, I guess, her, if you look at the way her, what is that, cape kind of goes over her shoulders, mm. it's much more like Dabra yeah. than it is like Kayoshin. Uh, I guess we should pause let me uh, dig up the actual interview. I should have done this. So the the idea, the concept of the Makayoshin comes to us from the super exciting guide, the character volume. So this would have been um, 2000, what, 2008, 2009 era. And Toriyama is really interesting with, I don't want to say his interviews, but the things that he drops in interviews. There are some things that he drops that are direct lead-ins to something that's coming immediately. You think back to when he first mentioned Gine, and that was like that was around the corner in Dragon Ball Minus in the bonus chapter of Jocko. But then you kind of get things like, uh, I feel like a, an example is the a scouter that can go across both eyes. That was mentioned, and we didn't get that for a while. That ended up showing up in Resurrection F. I do feel like Toriyama holds on to things and ideas. Uh, And I've seen this applied to Nintendo as well, where they'll develop an idea and they may hold on to it for generations of consoles and game development and then just finally come back around to it and find a a game or some kind of little quirk of their system that it just seems to work for again. And I don't know if it's just wishful thinking here, but has Toriyama finally gone back to and revisited the idea of the Makayoshin? If any time is the time, now is the time. And 
I would trust him to do that. Every time I revisit parts of Dragon Ball, which is a lot, yeah. I'm constantly amazed by just how much of a coherent grasp he had on his world and his yeah. timeline mm-hmm. and his characters. So I think that he knows this. It's in the back of his mind. Yeah, yeah. And I could I could see this definitely. It's what everyone thinks it is. How <laughs> could it not be? <laughs> right, right. Uh then again, you know, when we first got the trailer for what we later learned was Broly, I mean, I just assumed it was going to be a Yamoshi movie because Yamoshi was the character he most recently talked about. And it looked like a sign. Why would you bring that, bring back and reintroduce Broly? That seems crazy. But who knows what they're thinking? There was always a sense of what if it was Broly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lols. What if it was Broly? <laughs> All right. So uh, we got to move on from these characters because we, we will see them again. Some of the shots you mentioned here. Uh, from here, we go into Shenlong. Uh, the Dragon Balls are all there. Shenlong is summoned uh, and grants, seemingly grants a wish. And we would be remiss not to say that it's very reminiscent of Dragon Ball GT. Suddenly we see Goku being wished back into what appears to be a child again, but not just Goku. Uh, Vegeta alongside him, and then it's going to go into a million other characters this happening to them. I think slightly of note, and again, tying back into GT, this the wish happens at the temple. Yeah. So somehow, Pilaf has found out about a new set of Dragon Balls. No. <laughs> All right, so we got the regular Earth Dragon Balls, we've got the Ultimate Dragon Balls, we've got the Namekian Dragon Balls, we've got the Cerulean Dragon Balls, we've got the Super Dragon Balls. Uh, we probably have a set of Dragon Balls over in Universe 6? From the Namekians there? Right. Do we yeah, know I, if we do? Well, we have Namekians, and if they function the same where there's a dragon clan and the warrior clan, yeah, the yeah. whole point of the dragon clan <laughs> is to oversee the Dragon Balls okay, and stuff like okay. that. Am I, are we missing hope. any sets of Dragon Balls? There's probably something from another game or something somewhere. From Heroes, I think there's like a dark dragon, but I don't know what the Dragon probably. Balls are involved in. All right, but no, these are seemingly Earth's Dragon Balls up at God's Temple, the palace there. Uh, all right, so everyone starts getting turned back into children. I kind of want to run through the characters that we do see. So as as I mentioned, first up is Goku and Vegeta. We then see Chi-Chi and Bulma being turned into kids, but we see some people behind them. And those people don't seem to be turned into children. They seem to be adults looking on at the events. Is that your your jive on this too? That's what I caught, is that if, and we don't even really know if this was a wish that sure, turned everyone sure. into kids. Yeah. It could be a red herring that Dragon Balls were used for something else. Here, it was a targeted attack on this group of people to de-age all of them. So additionally, we see Mr. Satan, who looks wonderful, aged down. We see Kudadin. We see number 18, who I can't tell. Does she look younger to you? Yes. Especially if you take into consideration the ratio between her and Maron. Right. Okay. Who looks like still a baby back to a baby. Uh, I mean, her design in modern Dragon Ball material is yikes. She aged up in the super manga. They got her there eventually. <laughs> yeah, someone got her there. Uh, I, I guess I want to compare her to some other characters that we'll mention in a minute. But uh, we also see Puar, uh, Oolong, Yamcha. They all seem aged down, even the, the animal folks there. We do see Kibito and Kaioshin. Interesting. We see Piccolo. We see the Ox Demon King, Yumao. We see what appears to be uh, the Turtle Hermit coming standing there. And then we see Goten and Trunks as babies. <laughs> we get Trunks in his classic baby design and Goten rolling around with him. They can't catch a break. No, no. Just when they got there, they're they're right back. They're even worse off than they were before. Uh, we see a bunch of kids' feet sitting at 
I don't know, a, a table or a desk or something. Yeah. We don't see who they belong to specifically. Um, from there, we go off into a bunch of other scenes. But I guess let's pause. Let's talk about the characters we didn't see here. Who's most notable to you that you don't see? Gohan. He's got a meeting. Gohan's not there. Yeah. Was Gohan off teaching at a meeting? Uh, is this, like you said, a targeted attack? Is it a localized targeted attack? So only in the proximity of Goku and Vegeta, possibly. Could be. Could be. Who else don't we see that's kind of important? I get we don't see Granola. <laughs> Where's Moro? Where's Moro? Everyone should be asking. Where's Moro? Tenshin Han's not here. Chow Sure. Sure. Of the main group, I guess that's kind of the main group we see. Beerus and Weiss, if you consider them main group, but that also begs a timeline question. Sure. Uh, Let's pause here and talk about that a little bit. Uh, I think that was an interesting question going on at the debut where uh, Ian Sinclair, the English voice of Weiss, was asking Mm -hmm. folks, like, hey, is is Weiss going to be in this? And not getting an answer on that, uh, which I think is, you know, Standard, they're not going to announce something that they're not ready to announce. But there's a lot of conversation about when in the timeline is this happening. If this even is happening in what we would consider like the standard canonical timeline of Dragon Ball, or is it just a Gaiden, an offshoot of something? And yes, it relies on you knowing the original series and the Boo arc, but it's just going to be its own thing. We have no idea. Is this post Boo arc, pre Battle of Gods? Is this post Broly? Is it post Moro Granola and Superhero? We have no clue. My initial impression is that it could be somewhere around Battle of Gods, possibly before when whatever the targeted attack happens. Yeah. For some reason, why would Kaioshin be there? Yeah. Well, okay. So we do have, we know we have a four year period between the defeat of Boo and Battle of Gods. Two years right. in between there is when we get the Jump Super Animator special. Um, so we've got the the Tarble events going on in there. That is a time when folks could be around. I don't remember Kaioshin being a part of that special, though. But, I mean, they, they always have an excuse to just gather folks together. But if the if this targeted attack splits up Kibito Kaioshin into Kibito sure. and Kaioshin. Okay, sure, sure. That would tie into what happens in Super, mm. where they make the wish using the Namekian Dragon Balls to split back up, saying they preferred to be that way. So maybe this is when they get to experience that. Experience being split becoming, up before becoming... Oh. Again, at the end. Well, so. then how would they get back into... Does everything just get undone at the end of we'll, Daima? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. All right. Maybe we can come back around to that as a topic, but let's continue through the, the trailer here. So we left off on the bunch of kids' feet. From here, we go to Goku flying off, and we get a spaceship and back up to God's Palace, the temple again. Is there anything of note in here? Uh, are you talking about this little part with the palm trees? So I had there are parts of this trailer that make it seem like they are in alternate dimensions or outer space this still seems like it could be on earth yeah so we get that then we have goku kaioshi and kibito looking inside something and then we get goku with karin so i i I feel like we're earth focused here at this point yeah Yeah. okay um we get vegeta yelling at goku Uh, nothing particularly notable there uh i guess 
notable going forward here, we have Goku with Nyoibo again. Mm-hmm. Now, this could simply be a nostalgia play for, you know, we want to have Goku. If he's going to be little again, it'd be great to have him running around smacking people with his pole. That's just a great visual to have. Uh, is there a story reason beyond that? Is there a power reason beyond that? Uh, obviously, you and I are very familiar with Dragon Ball GT when Goku is turned into a child again. And while he has all of his power, more or less, he maybe can't use teleportation as a child. Is, is something like that coming into play here? Again, we have no idea. I think it could be as simple as he just thinks it feels natural yeah. to have his pole when he's small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we see a ship approaching Earth, and we're going to get kind of like repeated visuals of ships here. So this particular ship, I had to freeze frame on it, yeah. and I would guess that this is just going to be a visual of, like at the beginning of Battle of the Gods, when they give you a quick recap of the history of these characters and mm. everything. Mm-hmm. I'm betting that's what happens here. With this being like the 40th anniversary special series and everything, it'll open up showing here's Kakarot's ship flying towards Earth. We get Bulma looking with a flashlight. So she's still going to be involved in some capacity in some kind of scene here. Uh, What are they looking for? We have no idea. I couldn't tell if this was the same thing that Kaioshin is entering or not. Yeah, yeah. One certainly looks more worn down than the other. Okay. Uh, We get more Goku with Nyoibo. We get... Earth and I would say evil eyes. Are you talking about uh, this, the the big eyes with the mouth? So when I was going through and I started rearranging these screenshots that I had oh, okay. based on what I thought they might have to do with each other, because I think that those evil eyes is just this fish thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right here. So I think they're just, they have a ship. Someone has a ship yeah. that can change size. Okay. And they make themselves smaller than this fish. Maybe that's how they're moving through space to get to wherever they need to go. I don't know whose ship this is, though. That's the problem. Right. We have a lot of other stuff here. We we have Kaioshin and Goku sleeping. Uh, they seem to be traveling together, perhaps. Uh, we see a ship that continues to approach. Uh, then we see a bunch of locations before what I thought was Wisa's eye, but you think is the uh, the Kaioshin-looking character's eye. Right. We see this kind of like rocky canyon yeah. with a dragon flying through. Mm-hmm. And what I think is the same location, this giant kind of uh, alchemist circle. Yeah. This is what I would call that. It looks like it's in the same kind of locale, same planet or or what do the people say now? Biome as this other one. Uh, we have someone I wrote watching Bobbity and making a fish. <laughs> is that right? A fish? A fish. I meant to say fist. Maybe that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, Another spaceship taking off. More watching Bobbity and Boo. And then we kind of get to just an end part with Goku. Is there anything else to say about the Bobbity and Boo constant return to watching? Daima. (laughs) You know, evil, great magic, Mm -hmm. great evil. They kind of were the big bad guys at the end of last season, changing the series into much more of a magical direction when it had been kind of Mm -hmm. sci-fi adjacent for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is just a natural extension of that. Got it. If we're lucky, this will feel like where Boo would have gone had the series not ended. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe continuing on with the the mix of the serious and funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we end with Goku and Vegeta as adults sparring. So is this early? Is this later? Who can say? Uh, and then we kind of end, which goes into the actual end shot, a uh, little Goku facing off against maybe some kind of robot alien thing. Looks like it. We see two shots of this planet that they're on. Uh, the first one, we see this ship and there's like onion type 
buildings on floating rocks, mm -hmm. same kind of purple and yellow sky. And then again, we see it here. So if this is not their spaceship, Goku's spaceship that he's on, then it belongs to someone else, yeah. but they're in the same area as Goku at this point. So. Right. And who do we think Goku is facing here? Some agents of the Makaioshin? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? <laughs> to go back real quick to adult Goku yeah. here, he's not, he's dressed in his clothes that he's wearing as a kid. He is not wearing his traditional outfit. Okay. And so by that, his gi is, the top is folded over the other and mm -hmm. then hangs out under his his waistband. Okay. No symbols or anything on there. And then at the part where Goku and Vegeta are seemingly being like twisted through reality yes. to, I guess, become kids here, Vegeta's bleeding on his forehead, yeah. which I think is a nice return to form for uh, having just gone off a series that was largely pretty bloodless. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to allow blood in Dragon Ball again? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we know nothing concrete about the delivery mechanism for the show, I guess I would say, is... Is this the net anime? Is this a TV show for the future? Uh, what specific audience are they going for with it? Notable, I guess, to, to see some drops of blood there. I think that if this was the net series, I feel like based on just the response, maybe it's kind of ballooned out of control yeah. and it will become something else. Uh -huh. I always feel like Japan underestimates just how big Dragon Ball is in the West. Yeah. They have an idea, but I don't think they truly know. And I think you see bits of that in, like what you said about the response of, well, is Whis in this? Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of that other time when they announced Superhero, and immediately there were questions of, how does this relate in in terms of granola? Mm -hmm. They just were thinking about it in a different way, with a different kind of intensity and obsession about it. Yeah. That they, I don't know if they're ready for. <laughs> right. So this being a net anime, maybe it's going to become something more than that because they're like, oh, the West, the West wants more. Yeah. And oh, if they want more, oh, can we get a TV deal for it? And is that going to delay some kind of simulcast or <laughs> simultaneous production of the show that would just set them off the rails again? Think back. It's hard to imagine. But for a significant portion of Dragon Ball Super, people were watching fan subs because it wasn't simulcast until Vegito showed up in the right. Zamasu storyline, which is wild. We don't know how many episodes of this are finished in production. Yeah. But even so, for as much as they have shown, this sure looks like a series that's been in production for quite a while. Definitely. And we won't see any of it until fall yeah. of 2024. Yeah. Shows don't get that kind of lead in. Yeah. So I haven't recorded with AJ yet, so I'm not sure what him and I are going to talk about in terms of production and staff and stuff. But let's you and I pause a little bit here uh, before we get any of that info and what I might be able to pull out of him that maybe he doesn't mean to say, but I'd get him to say anyway. Dragon Ball Super was a... Notable, notorious, well-known, not even open secret, just widely open disaster of production. And we, we saw, as AJ says multiple times, like melt on screen for ourselves as viewers a few times. Uh, yeah, LOL's episode five, but that wasn't even the worst of some of the stuff we saw. Uh, and it recovered production-wise over time. Uh, you know, you get some different staff on there. Um you build some excitement for some of the upcoming storylines. They don't want to be in that position again with Dragon Ball. Um, they've found themselves in that position several times with things like Sailor Moon Crystal uh, and with Dragon Ball Super. And um, you know, as you said, they recognize how big Dragon Ball is. Maybe they continuously underestimate just exactly how big it is. But I think they're aware that this is a big deal. Uh, and perhaps more than anything else, the fact that Toriyama actually publicly 
did say something like it was literally printed in a guidebook that Toriyama said, yeah, not just live action movie, but the quality of the animation of the TV series. Like that's a thing that Toriyama said and Shueisha had to print. They don't want to go through that (laughs) again. I am so excited that Dragon Ball feels like it's getting the love it should be Mm. and not necessarily in a case where like during the tournament of power, there are a lot of instances where the next episode preview would have different art yeah. than what was in the actual episode sure. because they were just that down to the wire on getting that stuff out to, to screen. Yeah. I, I guess I, I want to a little bit revise my statement. You're cause you're absolutely right there. You're like, yeah, it recovered, but you think back to the reveal of uh, Jiren being there and then it being replaced with Topo, like even as of like the promo videos, it was incorrect <laughs> as to what would be the final thing. So while the, the show itself, you know, they, they treaded water there with it. This does feel completely different. This feels very confident. Right. But who knows how much of this trailer that we just watched will change. Yeah. And is this more than episode one? Maybe, maybe this is like the first five minutes of the show and then that's everything. I, I think it's a little more than that. Cause we seem to have like departed and gone places. Uh, so maybe we get two or three episodes worth of material here. They got three episodes in, decided they couldn't sustain the story. <laughs> decided to bring baby back. Right. <laughs> we got to go back to the side of power. Uh, I don't know. What the hell else to say about it? I'm I'm very intrigued. Um, I guess I'm of two minds about Moro and Granola and the return of, let's say, the super anime. I really enjoyed the Moro arc. Granola, I, I didn't necessarily love. And, you know, read it a few times. We certainly reviewed it on the show. I think I, I like it a little more the further away I get from it uh, in retrospect. And Dragon Ball was first and foremost a manga. And I love it in that format. But there's no denying like, oh, can you imagine that scene of Goku powering up into Ultra Instinct and Goku power, and Vegeta powering up in ultra, ultra Ego right next to him and them just going at it in that scene and continuing to see what Moro would be like. Could we get Akio Oska as Moro? That, that's like my dream casting oh for that God, character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love I would love to see that. I would love to see it brought to life on screen uh, more so than just in the pages of, of V-Jump. They just kind of do whatever they want to do. You know, they got the manga going over here. You've got uh, Kozo Morishita saying like, hey, let's do a CG anime. All right, I guess we're doing, we're finally doing his CG movie. Let's do that over here. Uh, we got this Daima thing over on the sides too. It, Heroes continues to go in its own direction. There are all these different productions of Dragon Ball that more so than ever before, it, it feels like there's no single, like this is the the main Dragon Ball thing right now right and i for me with moro and granola there are so many people who just won't read the manga yeah that's not going to happen and i really want them to be able to experience those stories and the only way to do that is to get that animated yeah i guess one of the other elephants in the room i want to address is the common i'm going to say misconception that they're not allowed somehow for some reason to put these characters in video games until they're animated we have plenty of precedent for that happening uh even within dragon ball we have nekomajin uh kuriza uh, yeah they're side spinoff characters but you know they're manga only characters that have appeared in video games and received voices um jojo's bizarre adventure i feel is like the prime example of this where things that had not been animated yet were put into games uh they received voice actors Uh, i believe they went back and maybe read when they did a re-release of one of the games maybe they went back and got the the now current standard tv 
actors to, to put into the games. Uh, this stuff can and has happened with Shueisha properties. It just seems like for the most part, Dragon Ball doesn't seem to do it. Yeah, we've had things like uh, the Kakarot DLC adapting uh, the Trunks future thing, but that was all existing characters. There's like no one new to put in there. Uh, we've had some special techniques in Heroes, like the God of Destructions from from their tournament. Uh, things like Vegeta's attack, uh, the, the Gamma Blast from the manga. Uh, but we don't have Moro and Grindola and Gas and Black Frieza. When is the Black Frieza saga coming, Ken? It it becomes a Pandora's box because you bring in Moro. Well, then seven three. Do you bring in yeah. all those other characters? Medusu. Who all? Where do you stop? Yeah. It's not you. It's not going to just be Moro. Right. I want them all. Yeah. Same. Sparking Zero. Take us home. <laughs> what else can we say uh, about this? Uh, I. Having rewatched the trailer today for the first time in several weeks, it's it's been a while since I revisited this. Uh, I used that word confident earlier. That's still how I feel about it. It it feels very confident in what it wants to be. It's almost unconcerned with what fandom seems to want out of the franchise, which I kind of like. I'm interested in seeing where they go here. And if if Toriyama's at the helm, there's always that question. And the argument of, oh, does Toriyama still have it? I think there's undeniably a charm to whatever Toriyama is involved with on a, on a deep level. Uh, he does, you mentioned this, he does understand his characters and his world more so than anyone else. They'll just say little things. They'll make remarks or mannerisms. Like, that is from Toriyama. And that's why I continue to love these characters in this world. So that's exciting to me. Yeah, I'm ready for whatever. There's no way I'm not watching this. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm ready for whatever it is. And like you said, there's so many different avenues to enjoy Dragon Ball right now. Uh, you know, why would don't uh, rob me of any riches? You know, I'll I'll take everything. Ken, uh, we always got a podcast. Tell me about how things are going uh, with the evil dragons. Well, we just started. Uh, and we're actually a little, we're pretty positive on it, not to spoil where we're at. Okay, uh, okay. We're only four episodes in though, so who knows what's going to happen next. But I, personally, I found myself enjoying these dragons who I never really knew anything about, like Liang Xinglong, the green one who does the whole poison thing. I'm like, oh, I kind of like this guy. He's voiced by the guy who did Zunima. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. There's a lot of very interesting music that Tokunaga starts throwing in there with different inspirations. I said... One of his tunes sounded like it was from Home Alone, very John Williams-esque. Interesting. Randy thought it was more Looney Tunes-esque, but that's the kind of area headspace we're, we're talking about here. So, Ken, we got a podcast. Yourself, Randy, Doug, uh, currently involved in the Dragon Ball GT retrospective of auspiciosity. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Reverse trademark there. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, all the platforms that you get your favorite podcasts. That's right. Everywhere you can think of. I think we're there. Uh, you will return to talk about GT with me at some point in the future. We've been, I feel like, constantly just dropping thoughts back and forth. Um, I've mentioned many times about like the the big GT research project, and that's everything from I've I've been so curious about. How was it announced? What did they actually say? What did they actually showcase? And when did that happen? It's not like the modern era where you get kind of like this double bilingual press release announcing the TV show. It was, you know, a a red and white page in Weekly Jump that you got some early shots. They didn't even have a title for the show at that point. I wanted to see what that was like. Uh, The kind of underlying question is, did... 
did they mention a timeline? Did they say five years? Did they say 10 years anywhere? And we kind of do have an answer on that. And the answer is that there is no answer. But more to come on that. Uh, Zenpai has been, been digging into all those research materials. Uh, and then some of the questions that you were having uh, around Super Saiyan 4 was interesting because, yeah, he shows up in the intro before he's introduced in the series. And we had that in Super with Ultra Instinct. We did see it before it appeared in the series. We had promotional art and we even had some video game stuff. But hey, like, what was the promotion for like that in, in magazines too? Uh, and we have answers on all that. And more recently, you've um, as you've crossed the threshold from the baby arc into the Super 17 and, and the dragons, why don't you explain to me what your question is? The f- There's an unquantifiable feeling something has shifted in the show. And so what I started doing was looking at who was the writer of each episode, who was the animation studio on each episode, and I started charting everything out. And I think there's some data to maybe support <laughs> what might have been happening. So you have the that side of things, and I'm continuing the magazine. I got, I'm going to say one final box, but there's always an extra box on top of the boxes. But I've I've got the weekly jumps coming from the, the era, the exact like weeks of GT's ending. What were they saying about it? The answer is they're not really saying anything about GT and weekly jump because Toriyama has a new manga starting at that exact time, and that's what they would rather tell you about. Uh, but then over in V-Jump, yeah, Dragon Ball GT is, is being mentioned. It's getting some columns and and then just disappears. And then the show's over. We'll talk more about that in the future as both you get to the end of the series reviewing it. And as we finish kind of like getting in all the magazines and doing all the research and translations on stuff. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about that in the future because I feel like more so than ever before. I mean, you hear all the common things like uh, they extended the series to promote Final Bout because that wasn't out yet. And uh, they originally planned on ending a baby. I don't think we're ever going to get any real answers to that stuff. But finally, like someone actually sitting down and pulling all this together like charting out the progress of the show it does paint a bit of a picture and i think it'll be fun to really like super dive into beyond just this tease here gt is such an interesting product and it's fun to definitely think about from a meta level and of what what was going on i actually i think i enjoy it so much more not just the show itself which i think i do enjoy more than i enjoyed it back then but taking the opportunity to try to go back to doing what we can do today and apply that process to that era of 96, 97. It's a lot of fun. Ken, thank you much. Um, Split podcasting duties. You've got GT going on. You've got some bonus uh, Ava movie reviews and things going on. Right. Yeah. And that is, uh, uh, I think we're about to lose Doug with 3.33. Oh, wonderful. Uh, And we'll see you most Saturday nights, I think, right? That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you much. I don't know what order I'm doing these segments in, so you're either first up or second up. It's AJ. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're here to talk about Dragon Ball Daima, which, again, I don't know what order I'm playing this in, but in the other segment that I've already recorded and edited, I mentioned myself how I haven't watched this trailer in weeks, if not at least a month. So it's been a while since I've thought about Daima, and you said the same thing to me. Yeah. I, it's, ah, man, I was like so excited for it to finally be revealed because I know there were loads of like leaks and stuff beforehand. And then it sort of came out and I was like, this looks really cool. I really like how it looks. And then immediately just forgot about it for like, (laughs) oh, good. It's done. We can (laughs) go away now. Well, that's the funny thing. So, what I want to chat about with you is basically what's been announced 
about it so far from a staff uh, production perspective. Um, and maybe we can pick apart. Uh, Ken and I did a breakdown of all the scenes in the trailer, but maybe we can just talk some overall art direction on this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to run through maybe three main questions. Um, and I'll start. So here's uh, question number one, AJ. Uh, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to get you on the record here. Uh, this is definitely what was going around as Dragon Ball Magic, correct? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. I mean, I I guess I, I was fortunate enough to see some materials for it in the build up to the official announcement, and they all mm-hmm. had Dragon Ball Magic just plastered all over them. It, I yeah. mean, they they had you know uh, provisional next to it, but uh, sure, yeah, sure, they weren't kidding when it came to that uh, stream, and they were like, oh yeah, we decided on the name like a day ago. <laughs> was like, that, yeah, that, that <laughs> was the thing I wanted to say is like we were all prepped for. Okay, well, let's start writing. You know, whatever we can pre-write on stuff that we're going to write the word magic. Oh no, it's a totally new title that I think took everyone by surprise. Yeah, I had no idea at all. That's so funny. Yeah, so we've gone from Dragon Ball Magic to Daima, but I think the the magic, the the background where they may have come from magic is still uh, present in in what we see in terms of characters being turned into children. We see someone who seems to have a grudge against Bobbity, perhaps, who's a magician. Uh, magic is going to be a part of Daimon in some capacity, it seems. Yeah, very much so. Um, I don't think the actual like plot side of things changed. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. So, Dragon Ball Magic is now Dragon Ball Daima, and I, that's impossible for me to type that word and not put the O at the end. I really don't. I mean, they're not thinking about it from a Western perspective where we type this <laughs> word out and have muscle memory <laughs> built into it, but whatever. All right. So, that was question number one. Question number two is less of a question and more of an actual look at some of the staff that's been announced for this. So, just looking at what we have, uh, the staff that's been officially formally announced was back in the January 2024 issue of V-Jump. That came out in November. So remember, V-Jump is forward-dated two months, comes out 21st of every month, forward-dated two months, just how it works. So the staff that we got here, we knew this, previously announced Akira Toriyama, uh, the original author, that's the Gensaku that we talk about often. Uh, Toriyama in this capacity is being credited as the creator of Dragon Ball, more or less. And then specific for Daima is uh, the story and the character designs. Uh, this was all previously announced when um, Daima was first revealed at New York Comic Con. Uh, we did get that information about Toriyama that was plastered in the trailer itself. So I don't know that there's anything specifically new or notable to say here about Toriyama. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think it's it's always a tough one to talk about Toriyama's involvement. Um, I mean, we always hear with almost every announcement like, "Oh, it's the most he's been involved ever. He's done sure, all yeah. the things." Um, at least from what I've gathered, it does seem to be like genuinely true this time. Um, I know that like I had a couple friends who uh, have been fortunate enough to to work on this who have been really surprised by his involvement. So yeah, I think it's it's nice that that is at least to the best of my knowledge so far not just like <laughs> marketing material really it does it does sure. seem like he has genuine enthusiasm for the project so yeah that's that's really exciting stuff and that is kind of different from things we've had over the past decade i mean you think about where battle of god started that was an independent project at toei that i'm already forgetting the original script writer yusuke watanabe was writing a script on that film and tadayoshi yamamuro doing the character designs we we know the background now that toriyama's brought in i believe at torishima's insistence and became involved and then after that resurrection f was from toriyama 
Toriyama himself from the start. And then there was Dragon Ball Super, which flew into not even pre-production. <laughs> and Toriyama's <laughs> like, okay, well, we're going to adapt these movies. And then, okay, I'll come up with a story after that. And then it seemed to be story by committee decision from that point forward. In the, I mean, everything about that. This seems and feels different from that. And that it's from the very first announcement, Toriyama is on board as writing the story for this thing. Yes. Yeah. At least like the core outline, I suppose. <laughs> the, the napkins, sorry, I was back to the napkins. Yeah, because we, I, there is, of course, now a series composer, scriptwriter right. uh, attached to this, which sure. we will get to. Um, so, it, yeah, it certainly seems like effectively the same kind of thing that went about with Super, except now we have a production timeline <laughs> that uh, is human. <laughs> And humane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. That'll be maybe part of question three, maybe 3B. Let's continue on through some of these names. Uh, Masako Nozawa, this is kind of previously implied, but she's going to be Goku in Daima here. Yes, which is an interesting choice. I mean, probably just the most obvious choice, but... You know, so many people talk about, oh, when when will we hit a point where we need to reboot Dragon Ball? And I think a lot of people have been going, oh, does it not make sense if we're doing like almost like a rewind to do it now? And I just, yeah, I personally, I, I just don't think that's ever going to happen uh, until it you know has to happen. Yeah, I think uh, Dragon Ball has been an interesting one where there's never not been a period that something Dragon Ball has been in production that requires voices. I mean, other than the very short period of 97 to, what, 2000, but even then we know they were working on the the first Budokai game for a while before it ultimately came out there. Unlike some other series that do actually go dormant and go away, I hate to bring up the series, but it's, it's a relevant one to mention, Rurouni Kenshin. Yeah, I was thinking I, the you same know, thing, yeah. When you think of like okay Kenshin's getting included in what like Jump Force and J-Stars or some of those crossover games well that that was the voice of that character so they used them for those one-offs but then when they did do a like full-on reboot whether it's Kenshin whether it's Trigon you know Trigon's not a Shueisha property those all have got you say Atsura those all have gotten complete voice cast reboot sailor moon is actually one that they they couldn't fully commit to actually because they did have mitsuishi come back oh, really? as uh usagi herself in that uh, but dragon ball is different in that it's it's always been here they're always recording something for it so it's always been the exact same voice cast with the exception of some of the kai replacements which that was a quote-unquote variety of circumstances i guess you could say whether it was uh pay at the time or availability um and of course we've lost some people over the years uh, um, those are those are quite notable. Um, I feel like this is a, a phrase that a lot of people seem to know now since WandaVision, but Dragon Ball at some point seems to be the ship of Theseus, where who will be like original voices from Dragon Ball? You know, we've got Furukawa, we've got Furuya, we've got Horikawa, we've got Nozawa, um, but some some of the characters from you know episode one are, are no longer with us and they're just kind of trucking forward and yeah daima interesting where clearly there's adult characters so could that have been an opportunity to all right as the adults that would be the original cast and it's like a turning the corner here with the new cast clearly maybe not not going to be the case we don't actually know because we don't have any other voices announced it seems to be these are the voices for the characters because that's just how Dragon Ball goes. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I th- you know, like <laughs> Hunter Hunter was obviously another example of, of hmm. things changing. Um, yeah, you're right. Dragon Ball's never really done that, has it? Yeah, Kai is really the, the only time. And that, that was never lead roles over here. 
in, I, over here. I'm <laughs> in Japan. I associate over here because I'm talking about the original version. That's weird. I guess Julian's in Japan. I can say over here. <laughs> <laughs> associate myself with him. Uh, you know, it was like a new force, Sarbon, Dodoria, that kind of stuff. I was going to say, the one that always comes to mind to me is the temporary uh, Videl change. Oh, right. Yeah. Furukawa's wife yeah. coming in. <laughs> that, was a, that was a strange one. <laughs> yeah. That was, I think Minaguchi was in was New in America, York. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She was either doing school or something. Yeah. That was an availability thing. All right, voices. We can talk about that forever. Let's talk about some of the other uh, names and notable names that we have here. AJ, start me off with Yoshitaka Yashima. Um, as we wrote in the the write-up here on Konzenshu, extensively involved in the Dragon Ball Super television series. We're talking like storyboards, key animation, animation supervision. Also worked on a ton of other franchises. What's the backstory here with Yashima? I, this is the most bizarre person on this list like it it, it makes no sense to me uh, okay because we're talking series co-director like, and we're talking animation person i it's hard to convey how bizarre this is so yashima has never directed a series before that mm. i i mean i looked up and down for any evidence nothing yashima is primarily known for being a solo animator and has been in that position for decades it's his speed uh being able to animate you know episodes from start to finish all by himself that has been his greatest asset but that's his whole thing he did it on digimon uh came and saved super you know doing yeah. so much stuff himself like he said storyboards he did um full episodes that he would supervise himself uh like that's that's his jam and so it is so strange to then hand him the co-director role for a massive Dragon Ball TV series. It's really strange. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to knock his talent in terms of the speed, but like the quality quality of it has never been, you know, tippy top. You know, when when people think about the iffy episodes of uh, Z, they always think like Uchiyama, and for Super, yeah. it's always Yoshima. You know, he was fast, but he wasn't great at drawing it. Um, which I guess is not really relevant here, but yeah, it's just it's a it's a strange position to be given. Uh, I have a theory about it, but that's based on the next name, the, the series co-director. Okay, well, let me pause you, and then we'll go to that, um, and maybe this transitions. Is this similar to Tadayoshi Yamamoto coming in as a what was his was he the actual director on Resurrection F? Yeah, yeah, very similar to that, where it's like you have not directed anything before. Here's a movie, <laughs> you know. It's yeah, it's a really yeah. odd odd thing to do um okay well then take me to this name so aya komaki uh everything that i can dig into seems to say like one piece lots of one piece um direction series director uh storyboard episode director just like working on is this all would this be wano arc or this might be some of the big mom stuff too yeah uh so god komaki is like what a dream to have on dragon ball yeah. she is just you know premium episode director material uh i think one piece, one piece fans you know they know a couple directors names it's always like ishitani and then also oh we know kamaki you know like it's nice. it's one okay. of those names um so yeah she's been on one piece for a long time uh started off as an episode director and then yeah with wano um was brought on to assist uh, nagamine with series direction Got and yeah. then from there ended up um assisting Taniguchi with Film Red's direction. All of the musical sequences mm. in Film Red are from Kamaki. All that colorful craziness is what she's really known for. So yeah, to have that on uh, Dragon Ball is just, whoa, yeah, that's for me one of the most exciting 
um, announcements so far about the show. Uh, I mean, my, my theory really is that Komaki is surely a co-director for her creative vision. And mm. my presumption is that Yashima is more of like a practical, here's how we're going to put this together speed-wise organization kind of thing, which is not unheard of. Um, I know that you know One Piece initially began with the Wano arc with just Nagamine and then eventually branched out into adding more and more people all who essentially had different roles to uh, take on. Um, that, mm. would, that would essentially allow each series director to play to their strengths. You know, some people are better at organizing episodes. Some people are better at, you know, correcting storyboards or coming up with a, a vision for the series, that kind of thing. So my presumption yeah. is is that's what this is. Um, I don't know for sure, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me because uh, otherwise I just, I just don't get it. Like, I, I understand more when you look at something like Yamamoro being given res- a Resurrection F movie because it's like, okay, you know, this guy, you know, can draw... Um, Decades has, with the franchise. Yeah, you know, like, it's it, it makes so much sense there. Whereas here, okay, fair enough, Yoshima, t- you know, technically has been with the franchise for decades, worked on the original Broly movie, but he's not been, sure. like, a mainstay animator like someone like Yamamoro. So, yeah, it's a really... It's, a, it's an odd decision that I don't get, but, um, yeah, by all accounts... It's going well, so yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> As someone who's uh, quickly closing in on One Piece, we're watching episode 999 tonight. We'll probably watch 999 in a thousand. So Oof, you're coming up on some very good stuff. I uh, know. I'm very excited. And I've seen Red, um, so nice. that all looks good. Uh, all right, so speaking of someone who's been with the franchise for decades, uh, making a return in a, a very lead role here for Daima is... Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, a name we certainly know here at Konzenshu, uh, credited for character design. So I guess we have to specify these are the kind of like final character designs for the animated version of the show. Because Toriyama is also credited for character designs, but that's like, you know, here are here's my design of the character. Now take this and go do animation with it kind of thing. Yeah, so he'll take, you know, Toriyama's initial you know, back and front, back view, turn around, whatever, and then turn it into, you know, here are all the expression sheets and here's mm. them and this and here's someone with a scarf on and someone without a scarf and like, you know, that that sort of stuff that animators can then use for reference material. Um, yeah, that's a massive get. What a what a comeback. Um, he's not designed anything for Dragon Ball since the Boo arc and GT. Like, yeah, long time uh, since he's done any design work. I mean, he's been around. Yeah, I was even looking through our own animation production guide, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I did stuff on, <laughs> you know, recent, um, you know, last decade worth. But it was like animation. It wasn't, I'm in charge of the designs for those. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was it was like one scene on the 2008 OVA, like uh, one scene on Battle of Gods, one scene on Resurrection F, and then a random, yeah. like a random, I think it was a, a card promo, or maybe it was a hero's promo or something, but it's just been like really tiny stuff stuff um and as far as like promotional illustration stuff he's not done anything since the early 2000s when he's doing like calendars and trading cards and stuff so yeah he's, he's sort of kind of always been there but just not really just like popping his head in now and then and now it's like boom you know heading up the visuals for this new series which is wild <laughs> you mentioned calendars and promo art and i'm just like oh the last two decades of dragon ball calendars and promo art have <laughs> yeah. been so bad Oof, what a downgrade <laughs> <laughs> so nakatsu i mean check out everything you can on the site but the the kind of person that fooled toriyama into did i draw that kind of stuff someone who had been there for a very long time during the original serialization and production great to see them coming back here uh nakatsu 
Matsuru's designs, I feel, I don't know if it's a, a purposeful mirror of Toriyama or if, you know, he's trying to keep up with what Toriyama's designed. But when I see what I assume are some keyframes by Nakatsuru in the trailer that we have here, little Goku, he's like, his face is very wide. <laughs> And I don't know if, if that's because that's how Toriyama designed it or if that's Nakatsuru's also just like modern design sense. What, what are you pulling out of this? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, the actual design work, it's weird. It, I, I look at it and I'm like, I see Nakatsuru here. Definitely, but, definitely. But more than anything, it, it feels like I'm seeing a Nakatsuru who's doing everything he can to draw like, you know, 2022, 2023 modern Toriyama, um, yeah. which I've never really seen before. You know, we, we've seen mm-hmm. him do, um, you know, modern Toriyama stuff before, but that was more, I mean, we're talking more like the, the Kanzenban era or like slightly right, later. Right. We've never really seen him do anything quite like what he does today. So yeah, it's a really interesting departure, but yeah, I, I quite like it. I mean, there there are some stuff that I'm not like super keen on, but again, that that more falls back on how Toriyama draws. Like, I don't love the super detailed shading in the hair, but that's a Toriyama thing, mm-hmm. and that's being brought forwards. But yeah, by and large, I, I think it looks really nice. Um, it just looks different. It, you know, it doesn't look like uh, Yamamoto stuff in Super. It doesn't look like Yamamoto stuff in Heroes, the promo anime. It doesn't look like Shintani stuff. It looks like its own distinct entity and i i think that's necessary here yeah absolutely and like even the uh the adult stuff that we saw in that trailer feels yeah, yeah. very distinct as well like it's it's strange it's almost like uh you sort of i guess i look at like the body the musculature of it and i'm like okay that feels very like classic z but then facially it's like oh that's very modern toriyama it's a really mm-hmm. interesting mix of, of styles well i'm excited to see what we get of nikatsuru for the series uh let's talk about one more name here and you alluded to this earlier so toriyama is the the author of the story but that is you know the outline of the story the the main beats of the story in terms of like the day-to-day moment to moment line to line uh and then beyond that we have yuko kakihara um series composition script however you want to phrase it here uh this seemed to be one of the more contentious decisions in fandom yeah this is a name that scares me a little bit (laughs) um i guess before i talk about why that scares me i guess it's probably interesting to talk about there being a credited series composer at all um Mm, okay because you look back at super and we know that it had various ones but it was always uncredited uh we only knew that certain people were series composers because of, oh because of, this is coming back to me the king ryu stuff yeah right? there was like a king ryu blog with something like oh okay that's a thing and then you suddenly start to like look through it and it's like oh okay so that person like oh, i'm trying to remember the the i think it was battle of gods and resurrection f was uh he was related to an, another script writer i forget his name maybe fukushima or something then it was like king ryu and then mm-hmm. tomioka and like yeah basically the Dragon Ball Super had series composers, but just never credited for reasons I don't understand. Um, so it's interesting that, yeah, there's there's an actual credit here. Uh, that And so is this a person that I kind of mentioned is like the actual, you know, day-to-day working on the story, but kind of like story Bible kind of thing? How would you break down this credit? Yeah, so it's hard to know without seeing... Um, the episode it's the episode like credits themselves because sometimes um this can just refer to someone who will effectively like 
expand on an original outline into this big thing and hand off to individual sure. script writers for episodes. But sometimes, especially with like long projects, possibly like this one, um, they may well write the entire script, in which case you get a singular vision, quote unquote, from start mm. to finish. Um, so it's hard to know. But I think just the fact that, yeah, one is credited is it's nice that like there is at least a name to point to that is sort of bringing all of these ideas together as opposed to something like Super where it's like, okay, nothing's credited and also it keeps changing constantly and everyone has a different yeah. vibe, you know? So, <laughs> right, right. yeah, so that's nice. Um, as far as why it's kind of scary, uh, I guess you sort of, you look at what she's done and it's it's a bit of a mixed bag, depending on who you ask, I suppose. Um, I think the biggest thing that she's known for uh, is Digimon Try. All six movies are scripted um, by her, mm-hmm. uh, or at least I think... If some aren't scripted by her, they they at least had like the same series composition role kind of thing, but for film. Um, anyway, same kind of deal. Uh, and then the other thing is that like, <laughs> I mean, I've not seen it, but I think it's divisive, and that's the the new um, say Yatsura sort of remake, right from twenty twenty two. Never saw it, but I think people said it was just okay, maybe. Uh, so that doesn't fill me with masses of hope. But weirdly, at the same time, you then look at some of the premium stuff that she's done, like Kids on the Slope um, from the Bebop mm. director, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. And, you know, she wrote 50% of that series with another person. So, I mean, that's a wonderfully written series. Uh, another one is Orange, which I've not seen, but I think is really popular. It's a romance drama series. Uh, I don't know that she's ever done something quite like this. So it's it's really hard to sort of know what we're going to get, you know, is Tri's divisiveness because of her or is it just a iffy idea in the first place? Or, you know, was Kids yeah. on the Slope great because she was scripting it or was it great because you had someone like Watanabe at the helm? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's just hmm. one of those names that, unlike some of the others where you can point to it and go, okay, I've seen what you do. I know this is from you and I know this is quality. In this, it's more like, don't know, we have to see. Yeah, I'm scrolling through this list and none of this is familiar to me at all. I've certainly heard of Digimon Adventure Try and the only people I've asked about it are like, ah, no, that was garbage. <laughs> I've heard of Kids on the Slope, always meant to watch it. It seemed up my alley, never got around to it. Uh, Persona 4, the, the anime, seems like series composition credit there, script on nine episodes. I mean, you're... You're basically just remaking an existing property for for that there. That almost doesn't count. Um, I never got around to watching Urusei Yatsura. I always meant to. And just, I think for us, it it wasn't streaming on something that we had a subscription to initially. And I just never bothered at that point. Like, it basically didn't exist if it wasn't on Crunchyroll or Amazon or Netflix or something. So I never got around to it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. No, I similar similar here where it's just there's there's loads of stuff i've sort of kind of heard of but just yeah never seen so i can't really speak to her uh, body of work to any real degree beyond just right. like you said people have said this <laughs> people are saying uh, <laughs> let me embed a tweet and write an article call it a day okay so we went through all the names that we've gotten here so that was effectively question two was aj tell me about these people question number three is this the web anime, the net anime. Uh, yes, to the best of my knowledge, uh, it is. It's. I mean, it's hard to talk about this to like a massive extent without dipping into hearsay and rumors. But at least, as far as I was told, you know, the the whole plan has always been this will be a web anime, and with the, you know there being 
absolutely no TV schedule to have to adhere to. They kind of just like, yeah, we'll put it out when it's ready. And I think that's probably part of why you know it's so far away and has been in production forever. All right. So that kind of breaks down into multiple sub questions. <laughs> One being, uh, you mentioned, oh, it's not for TV. Well, neither was Sailor Moon Crystal, but you know that's not the same as over here you know are they going to want a tv deal for dragon ball in north america they might uh or is it just going to go straight to country roll or, or some other service netflix uh well i guess we don't really know how that's going to shake out right yeah no i i have absolutely no idea um the la- again like the, the the last thing that i quote unquote heard through the grapevine is just you know it the, the initial plan was web there's no yeah. confirm, confirmation that that's definitely still going to be the case um but that that's certainly what the the initial plan was um i've okay no idea what it could be as far as you know international stuff i feel like it's probably going to be crunchyroll just if, if it does stick to to being a web thing but who knows yeah just with the existing partners okay and then three i don't know if it's b or c whatever question sub question i'm on to <laughs> at this point is you talked about been in production for a while this is something uh the existence of of a web anime magic whose title got shifted around for a while that that kind of has been out there for a little bit and now we're looking at fall 2024 for a debut of this uh again this is something i talked about with kens who you've either heard it or not heard it yet uh uh, how different from Super, right? Whew. Yeah, night and day. I mean, it's insane to think about the schedule that this thing has. Even even by the standards of, you know, you, you look at TV series like, uh, like Mob Psycho and you go, oh yeah, that's got an amazing schedule. They basically finished the whole season before it even came out. It's like, yeah. Dragon Ball's getting that and a bit more? Like, what? Mm. <laughs> like, it, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, to, to think about that after what we saw with, I mean, to put it bluntly, the disaster that was Super, Super's early content that, yeah, really lingered through the entire run. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, people have always talked about, oh, Dragon Ball should be a seasonal show. And like, well, that doesn't really work with the ongoing serialization for Dragon Ball. I mean, it could work. It certainly has been done with other properties, Shueisha properties even, but that's just not how Toei and Shueisha work together on this specific property. But this is an all new product. So they're kind of not beholden to any past practices. Yeah, I'm really curious to see like what the format will be, whether they have like, an, an initial story arc in mind and they'll do that and then take a break yeah. and come back or whether it will just be like you know we have prepped for you know however many years to now do another long-running thing and we have the actual time to do it now i don't know well maybe that's that's one of these things that i prod you on is what is the scope of daima <laughs> Is this a 12 episode series? Is this uh we started it and then we'll keep going with it as long as it goes because we're so well ahead of schedule? What what's up? What's the deal with Daima? Yeah, I I mean, to the best of my knowledge, this is the thing. This is what they are banking on and want to be a big new thing. No one is being told that, you know, this is just a side thing. Like this is the big new Dragon Ball thing. Well, that, that's the thing. People are like, okay, we're going to get a 12, 24 episode series and then Super's coming back. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Categorically, <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That if, if so different. I mean, again, who knows what they'll do for a TV deal over here if they'll go for it straight to streaming. It's, it's just, it's a brave new world for Dragon Ball, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, God, if you had asked me, what are they going to do after Super? This <laughs> This would not <laughs> no. be it. It's so, it's such a strange one because, like, I mean, if if we're talking about sort of what that initial trailer 
showed, it it seems to sell such a very different series to what I know it will be, just based on mm. you know, some things that I've been mm-hmm. allowed to see. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it feels so... It, it's, it's just hidden so much. I mean, I'm not going to blab on about, you know, that kind of stuff because I know that you know everyone listening is not necessarily interested in it but I think it's it's fascinating to almost convey it like hey remember the start of GT and then have that mm-hmm. linger in people's minds and only sort of show a tiny little bit of like another planet when the reality is that like it it's much more of a big dragon questy rpg kind of vibe um yeah which i suppose you could argue is similar to to GT's first arc but it's it, yeah, ag- again it's like it's 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 different to that even still you know so yeah yeah the marketing's interesting I'm, I'm curious to see like what the second trailer will be whether they've like looked at the response to it and gone okay oops maybe we should have shown a little bit more of an idea of what this <laughs> is um yeah it's 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 yeah interesting is definitely the 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 word of the day i guess one last thing i'll pick your brain on again something i talked about with ken i don't know if there's anything that you either know or can share or have thought about yourself and that's the all right this is the the new dragon ball is this part of the main continuity of dragon ball and if so where does this fit into the series (laughs) um uh, i don't know where it fits and okay. the people I know on the show don't know where it fits, but they do. Love it. Love it. <laughs> they do, Perfect. They do at least know that, like, it doesn't, at least on what they've worked on, doesn't, like, reference stuff from Super. Like, there's you're not running around seeing, you know, Super Saiyan blue and red and all that stuff. Okay. Like, it's... If Super happened, <laughs> well, I guess it happened, but we're not going to talk about it. That seems to be the the vibe that they've gotten from it. Again, that's not like a definitive statement. Like you know, they they aren't sure, privy to sure. the entire series, but at least from the some of the episodes they've they've worked on, no, <laughs> there's no mention of Super stuff. That's what I think is so funny about Toriyama's writing style is that he's both so well aware and connected to his story and his characters, but he also holds absolutely nothing sacred, and he'll just go <laughs> off into his own thing if he feels like it yeah that's like that's something that i've always found really interesting about the way that um i guess the movies have functioned for super in the Mm, yeah you you look at like the tournament of power with ultra instinct and blue evolution and all of this different stuff and you got a broly and it's like oh that didn't happen then i guess but we're still referencing that tournament but (laughs) But we tell you it happened yeah it's like we're not yeah it's just huh and you go to again you get a superhero and it's like well we're still not talking about that stuff and yeah it's it's odd it's like you know toriyama sort of remembers the the outline of what happened but maybe didn't engage with all of the forms and and that kind of stuff so it's just completely unconcerned with the specifics of that stuff yeah so genuinely like it wouldn't surprise me if somehow this is actually after super and all that stuff did still happen, but we're not going to do any of the forms again because <laughs> Torium is interested in that. We're going to do new stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other thing tossed around is maybe this is post-Boo, pre-Battle of Gods. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that people have based that on the, what was it, Bulma's hair, but then Kaioshin and Kibito are unfused. So right. how does yeah. that work? Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird one. <laughs> maybe Bulma just I would say back. just... Don't think about it too much because Toriyama's thinking about things seriously, but in a different way than any of the rest of us are, I assume. Yeah, 
your fandom continuity not in his head. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> as as someone that's several decades into reading the works of Stephen King now, like I really appreciate the yeah that happened, but it happened differently. Just different levels of the tower. Just don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've never been massively concerned with that stuff. I'm. I think with Dragon Ball, like I I get the the desire for continuity, and I, and I think it obviously makes sense when you want to have like a smooth progression through a story. But I think yeah, yeah. I, I think in like the quote-unquote modern era of Dragon Ball, I'm just happy if you get like a competent and fun arc. I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure you know, yeah. at, at this point. I feel, I feel like it's maybe a bit late to start trying to stitch together everything in this perfect way. All right. Well, that's Dragon Ball Daima as we know it right now in December 2023. We're still, what, maybe three quarters of a year away from seeing something like this? Guys, I, yeah. I cannot believe the length. I, I do kind of like... I'm sure it wasn't to do with with people leaking stuff, but yeah, it's crazy to have announced it so early. Why do you think that is? If it wasn't in relation to the leaks, is it that, all right, superheroes out, we don't have, what is the next Dragon Ball thing? We want people to know that there is a next Dragon Ball thing and maybe stop asking about Moro. I will never stop asking about Moro. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess maybe it's like, you know, oh, it's coming up to Comic-Con again. I guess we want to do a big Dragon Ball thing. It's almost like tradition mm -hmm. to do that. It's every two years to kind of do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess they felt it was the right time. Dragon Ball Daima. We'll let you know more when we have more. No more. Thank you once again to Ken and AJ joining me here to chat anything and everything Dragon Ball Daima. Uh, I think we can confidently say we have concretely covered the entire continuity. And, uh, ran, uh, I don't know what else to say. We, we covered it all. What else can I let you know about the site? Man, I feel like at the end of the Ken segment, I teased uh, enough content of what's coming uh, in the future. We're just kind of like all aboard for Dragon Ball GT stuff. It is so exciting to be going through all these magazines and seeing just this contemporary promotion, the announcement, release of the show. Uh, it's great. I, 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 met, I said it before, but I just love applying our modern processes to, to the older stuff. It's just the best. In terms of other stuff on the site, right now i don't know that i have a whole heck of a lot else to tease for you right now other than we will return to a long lost episode of the gt review of awesomeness to cover episode 41 and the tv special uh in the very near future in the podcast feed so stay tuned to that there are lots of other great discussions coming up articles in the works there's so much more i could say but i will just leave you with a couple things www k-a-n-z-e-n-s-h-u-u.com that is kanzenshu.com that is the website yes there is a website beyond that some other things to think about uh consider patreon.com slash kanzenshu uh your donations there help keep the lights on every month i am so extremely thankful grateful appreciative of everything that goes in there and allows us to do other things like just keep getting boxes of magazines in to do the research and quite frankly i don't think anyone else has ever done they read it in 97 and then they moved on and that was it we never saw it again i am seeing stuff for the first time that i have never seen before and that is rare for me i will tease there is an exclusive translation up for patrons right now uh it is not dragon ball related but it is akira toriyama related learn all about his butt boils you can do that right now at patreon.com slash consensu 
you're welcome, I guess. Only other thing, most Saturday nights, uh, twitch.tv slash Fujitoex, uh, we're having a wonderful time there. Uh, friends and family associated with Kanzenchu. Uh, ostensibly, we're playing Mario Kart, but we're really just chatting, having a good time. We've had a lot of cool special guests stop by lately, both on stream and in the chat. In fact, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked so much Dragon Ball stuff that I broke out another Dragon Ball Highlights compilation over on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's just kind of like... A, they're basically podcasts. Ken will describe them as unhinged podcasts, uh, some more unhinged than others. Uh, if you want to hear more from your best buddies at Consent You and We Got a Podcast, consider tuning in Saturday nights. Otherwise, uh, the VODs will be out there for a little bit on the Twitch and then compilations when applicable and appropriate. YouTube.com slash Shoe. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, everyone. We had a wonderful year. 2023 was one for the books. 2024 looks like it will be one to remember as well. I am excited for the future. We will see you in the future at Shoe. I have been Mike. Thank you again to Ken AJ and, of course, all the other fine folks here at Shoe. We'll see you next time. Bye.